Good morning, Westside Family Church. It is so great to see you here at Lenexa, our Speedway campus. Those of you watching online, as Trish has already shared, this is Celebration Sunday. Can I get a little celebration out of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think Trish said it right. Not a celebration of God enough. God, Jesus is enough to be here to celebrate. We do that every Sunday. But in addition to that, this Sunday, uh, we, uh, we rewind and remind ourselves that we've been on a journey for the last year, just opening up our hands humbly before God and asking him, what does he want us to be about? And he has responded and he has given us that message just like he did in the Bible with Abraham and Sarah and the Apostle Paul. And, uh, and he's done that for us today in 2022, uh, moving forward. And we just simply want to celebrate that today. And I thought one of the best ways to do that is to give us a real life example of someone who has experienced the kind of healing that we are envisioning happening through our unshakable initiative. That literally hundreds and thousands of people might experience the healing of Jesus Christ. And I wanted to give you a real life example of someone who has experienced just that. His name is Daryl Strawberry and he is in the house, which is really exciting. Now, for those of you who are baseball fans and fanatics, you know who Daryl Strawberry is. But for those of you uh, who don't, uh, one of our members here uh, wearing his Met jersey, uh, and I made a little adjustment from uh, 8.30. Uh, Listen to this. This is what he writes. In 1962, the New York Mets posted a league's worst, 42 wins, 120 losses. They were the laughingstock of the National League. However... Help was on the way. On March the 12th of 1962, a feared left-handed slugging power-hitting right fielder was born. By the time he reached the Mets in 1983, Daryl Strawberry was the National League Rookie of the Year, the leading vote getter for all all, the All-Star Game. Daryl Strawberry had a career rate of one home run every 15 at-bats. Man, and has hit over 25 home runs in his uh, first seven uh, seasons. Daryl has a gift of natural God-given talent, uh, was a four-time World Series champion, and in 19, uh, 1986 with the Mets, and then three more with the New York Yankees, uh, eight-time All-Star team member. I mean, that's a pretty successful career, right? That's amazing. And... Uh, we were just talking to the online crowd uh, just a little bit ago, and Daryl just like basically said, none of that means anything uh, compared to knowing Jesus Christ, and that's the thing I love the most, and I still said to him, I love knowing Jesus Christ, but I'd like just one opportunity to hit a ball out of the, out of the, out of the ballpark, you know, just one. So, I mean, Jesus is everything, but I'd like one opportunity just to do that, and uh, he looked at me like, that's, that's never going to happen, Frazee. So. Hey, Westside, you are really, uh, what I love about you is you, you are hospitable and you know how to share uh, your in, uh, gratitude for someone getting on a plane and coming to be with us today. So I want you to do what you do, one of the things you do really well, and that is you welcome guests who share the word with us. So ladies and gentlemen, let's give a Westside welcome to Daryl Strawberry. Praise God for you. Praise God. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Pastor Randy. Thank you so much, Westside Family Church. You are in for a treat this morning with God. That's the most important thing when we come into the house of God, that we get treated by God. Not by man, but by God himself. See, a man, God just uses a man, but God is the real treat. He's the delight of your, your heart. When he becomes the delight of your heart, you will have the most awesome time in your life. It's greater than anything. It's greater than winning a championship. It's greater than hitting home runs, grand slams. It's greater than being privileged, living behind community gates like I did, having millions of dollars in the bank, but having nothing until I met Jesus. It is the greatest gift I ever received in my life. And I say that because it's so important that we understand that. And so it's so important that we come to that place of understanding who we are in Christ and what this is all about. It's about Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we love you, honor you, and praise you. Father, we just pray that you would bring a word from heaven that would touch your people that are here and that are online. Father, we're nothing without you. Father, without you, we make mistakes after mistakes. But with you, there's the grace that you give us that we don't deserve. But Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, I pray that someone's life will be changed today. Someone will come back home and make a new commitment to you. Let it rain on this place this morning, Father. Do only what you can do. We send this petition up to you, and we ask that you will seal it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, I always like to tell the church, see, I wasn't always like this. I was a bad boy. I was a womanizer. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. I was a sinner. I was rich. I was famous. I was privileged. But I'll eventually be saved by grace. The grace of God can only stop a man in his tracks and save him. See, I didn't grow up like this. My mother was praying for me while I was playing Major League Baseball and winning championships. She was dying. She died at the age of 55. She was praying for me that God would save me. Mama had to die so I could live. Can't wait to give her the biggest hug when I see her when I cross over. Because what she prayed for came to pass. She was praying, and how do I know that? Because after she died at the age of 55, my sister finds a journal under her bed. And in the journal, she's praying for all her kids. She's a strong Christian woman, never got married again. Divorced my father. He was an alcoholic, raised an alcoholic. And she was praying in her journal for all five of her kids. And when she got to me in the prayer, she was praying to God that God would knock me off my throne and save me. Her prayers came to pass. She crossed over, but her prayers came to pass. She's looking at what she prayed for. She's looking at what I'm doing now. So I'm very thankful for my mother. Some of you mothers that's in here today, you keep praying. Don't ever stop. It's up to God to do the miracle. It's not us. You may not see it. My mother's not seeing it in the natural, but she's watching in the supernatural what she prayed for. So 
So I would encourage your heart to continue to pray for your children. It's the most important thing. Not only would I get saved, but God would take me from a pit of life and put me in a pulpit to preach the gospel. Why? Because he's supernatural. There's nothing natural about God. It's all supernatural with him. He does the supernatural of who he is to transform a life, to bring it to wholeness and righteousness and right standards with him. No man could do that. No money could do that. No career can do that. Only Jesus can do that. When we truly understand who Jesus is, you know, Jesus is a man, but he's a holy man. He hung on the cross in Calvary, and he shedded his blood for sinners like us that we may have life and may have it more abundantly. And he, what we don't understand, a lot of times we're like the scribes and Pharisees. We didn't understand who he was hanging on the cross. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? But Jesus Last words on the cross was so profound. He said, it is finished. Everything that kills us, Jesus already killed it. He went to the tomb early Sunday morning. He got up from the tomb. And when he got up, he got up with all power in his hand. So that means when we die from the flesh of who we are, we get to be resurrected just like Christ. Galatians 2.20 talks about it. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in Christ lives in you when you truly surrender yourself to Christ. See, I didn't want to be a hypocrite no more, straddling the fence, talking about Jesus, saying his name, but I denied his power. Because the finished work at the cross has already been done. He's already done it for every last one of us. Whatever is killing you, Jesus already killed it at the cross. Depression. Anxiety, fear, doubt, loneliness, bitterness, whatever it is, he's already killed it. But you can't experience that until you have a real relationship with him. See, I get to experience that now because I have a real relationship with him. So he cannot reveal himself to me if I do not know him. He only reveals himself to you through his word. And that's how I ended up being who I am today is because of my relationship with Christ. And the relationship with Christ is free. See, heaven and earth are going to pass away, but not my word. That relationship with him is free. This is Jesus I'm talking about. Hello, is a bad dude. There's no one like him. You will never meet another man like him. He's been here forever. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Everybody else will be gone. But Jesus will never leave you when you enter into the relationship with him. This message this morning is about when things happen. When things happen in our lives, things are going to happen. You're going to go through some financial problems. You're going to go through some job loss. You're going to go through some marriage problems. You're going to go through some sickness. You're going to go through some things. But guess what? It's not a surprise to God. It's a surprise to us as people, but it doesn't surprise God. See, my life 
wasn't a surprise to God. It was a surprise to everybody else, and everybody else was pointing their finger at me and saying, he's a loser, he's that. But you know what Jesus says? I'll take him. Because the foolishness of things to God are the things that God will take. The foolishness of a man, a woman, or whatever it is, God will take that foolishness of who they are, and he will take it, and he will turn it around for his good. See, God doesn't waste anything. We waste things. God does not waste a thing. Every broken piece, every storm, every situation, he takes it and he uses it for his good. Why? Because you come to that place when things happen, who are you trusting? Who are you trusting in? Are you trusting the doctor? Are you trusting medicine? You know, when I was in the midst of addiction, drug addiction, shooting dope, smoking crack, $3 million in debt in the midst of addiction, I went to every doctor. They were giving me this pill, that pill, and that pill, talking about he bipolar, her polar. Listen, I met Jesus. I ain't no polar. <laughs> the devil is a liar. See, when you saturate yourself in this word, you'll know who you are in Christ. Jesus talks about it in John 10, 10. He says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. See, Jesus will give you abundant life. He'll give you more. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you knowledge. He'll give you revelation if you trust him. But you got to trust him through his word. When things do happen, who are we trusting Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 talks about it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then it talks about, and lean not on your own understanding. Because your own understanding can't get you the revelation that God's going to give you. He only gives us the revelation through his word. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. We got to stop acknowledging all these other things. We got to stop acknowledging CNN, Fox, CBS, news. We got to start acknowledging Christ. It's been here forever. The book is not going anywhere. God's going to always take his word and he's going to put it down to somebody that is willing to surrender themselves and say yes to him. If a man can't get rid of his ego, he can never experience God. Moses was used mightily by God. Moses couldn't even speak. He had a speech impediment. God used him mightily to lead the Israelites out of bondage. They could have been in the promised land in 11 days. They complained so much, God left them in the wilderness for another 40 years. I love God. (laughs) See, because if you want to stay stuck, God will leave. He'll let you stay stuck. That's what I love about him because he kept telling me that too when he was calling me. I had a good pair of running shoes. He kept calling me throughout on my addiction and everything. 16 years ago, I finally surrendered to him when he called me and said, walk away from business and everything else. He had made me successful. And he says, walk away. You're going to preach the gospel now. I was like, you sure? You got the wrong guy. I didn't want to give up the business. I didn't want to give up the restaurant. I was about to expand, and he was like, I got the right guy. He said, you're going to be preaching in arenas and stadiums. What what I love about God is God does not lie. He does not lie. When he says something to you, he's going to do it. 
but you have to be able to trust him. You have to be able to believe what he's saying to you. You cannot see it. I could not see it from far from where I was at. Like, God, I've never been to school to preach the gospel. What are you talking about? He goes, you don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit is going to ascend up on you, and he's going to teach you the Bible supernaturally. Guess what? The Holy Spirit ascended up on me. He taught me the Bible supernaturally. Why? Because God said it. Why? Because God's not looking. He's not, he's not looking for anyone perfect. Why? Because there is no perfect one. The only perfect one is his son, Christ. The Bible said we all will fall short of the glory of God. Every last one of us will fall short. He said there's no perfect one. It's the people that make themselves available for God. God will use you like crazy if you make yourself available to him. Why? Because he's perfect. And he's never lost a battle. He didn't even lose the battle when he went to the tomb. He conquered death. He's never lost a battle. It's up to the people. It's up to us as people to make ourselves available and become the church, what he's called us to be. See, the church is not just about going to church. The church should live inside of you. That's what the church is. You should know about the kingdom of God that should be inside of you. It's, you know, Matthew 6.33 talks about it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added into you. He's talking about I'm going to add all these things into you, something that you can't get. I'm going to add peace. I'm going to add joy. I'm going to add wisdom. I'm going to add knowledge. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you something far greater than you have ever seen in this lifetime. Why? Because it comes from his kingdom. See, God let a broken me hear from his kingdom to preach the gospel. See, we got to get to that place as people where we trust and see that the Lord is really good. Because he is. And he's crazy about people. He always have been and always will be. But I got to come to this place of surrendering myself even when things happen. Even when you go through some hard times in life. And, you know, my father was an alcoholic and beat the crap out of me. Came home for the last time when I was 14 years old, pulled out a shotgun and said he was going to kill the whole family. See, I was already broken before I ever put the uniform on. Lawlessness brings about brokenness until somebody brings the curse. The curse is broken. My kids never have to suffer what I had to suffer through. My kids have never lived a life like I did. They never lived a life in dysfunction. They, they lived a life in, you know, going through some things early, you know, because I was going through them. But now, you know, their life is whole and righteous. And people be like, don't you know who you're to my daughters? Don't you know who your dad is? He was this great baseball player and he had all these troubles, got in trouble with, with the law and drugs. And my daughters be like, oh, my dad's a preacher. <laughs> See, the thing is, the thing what God will do is he'll give you a legacy that's far greater than you can ever imagine for your children. If a man takes his rightful place. See, God is calling men back to their rightful place. He's calling us to be the head, not the knucklehead. <laughs> see, it's a big difference in calling us to be the head because, see, if you're the head with God, he's going to crown you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet with his gift. Because that's his creation 
is for men to be in their rightful place. A nation has fallen apart because we don't take our rightful place with God. We don't trust God because we don't see the instant gratification fix in our, in our life. Well, I'm here to tell you that he's not going to fix it overnight. So get over yourself. I had to sit seven years to be discipled. So God knew because if he put me in the pulpit, if I wasn't ready, he knew the devil would strangle me. See, he's got a plan. He's always and always will have a plan for your life. But you have to participate in it. You must trust and know God did not create the storms. I love the storms. The storms of life is real. Either you're in a storm, coming out of a storm, or storms on the way. And they're real stuff. They're real storms. But you know what happens? If you don't drown in the storm, you win. It's like the storm. You know what a storm is? The water, the storm. And you stay above the storm and you don't drown. Because if you don't drown, that means Christ is the head of your life. But you can't get past the storm. Everybody's got to go through the storms of this life here. Whatever it may be, financial, sickness, marital problems. Some of you, don't ever, don't give up on your marriage. The devil, he lies so much. He deceives you, make you that, think you that is something better on the other side. There's nothing better on the other side. Everybody got some junk in their trunk. Choo-choo. <laughs> Just know how fun it is to stay where you're at and work through it. Come to the church and work through it. See, what, what we need to understand, get back to understanding, the church is Jesus' bride. We're running from the church and we're running to everything else to try to make us well. And he's telling you, run to the church. Run to the body of Christ. This is what makes you well. You can go everywhere else and try to go, go to dial this hotline and try to fix your whatever they call it, 1-800-DOWL-ME. No, 1-800-DOWL-JESUS. And watch him do the miracle in your life. Like he's done in my life. See, my life is blessed. You know, I married way over my head. My wife, Tracy, she's got 23 years in recovery. She was pulling me out of dope houses 23 years ago in South Florida. I was $3 million in debt. Didn't have a driver's license. She was pulling me out of dope houses, telling me that God's got a plan for me. I said, why don't you and God just leave me here and let me die? She goes, you're just not that lucky. And we've been married 16 years now. We've been blessed. God has multiplied us, increased us, gave us a ministry to do his great work. Why? Because nothing great about us. It's our obedience to God. It's about obeying the principles. It's about living according to the word of God. It's about Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's about the word, the God, what God, what God wants to put in inside of you is far greater than anything you will ever achieve from an earthly standpoint. Because when, when you understand King Solomon and you read the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon goes on to say, it's meaningless under the sun without God. King Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs of wisdom and knowledge. Then you think about his ways of living. He, he turned his way from living the way he wanted to live in a pagan way, away from God. He turned away from God ways. And he wished he had never turned away from God's ways. See, I will never, ever turn away from God's ways now that I know how good he is. 
See, all the, all the players and a lot of players I played ball with and stuff, they were like, yeah, well, let's see how long this lasts. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about preaching. And, yeah, they've been waiting for me. They're waiting for me to come back. Well, baby, it's been 20 years, and they're still waiting. <laughs> Why? Because they don't understand 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. See, God has something new every day. Every day I spring out of the bed and get in his word and worship God. He's got something new for you every day. Day. He is so wonderful, church. We don't give Jesus enough credit. We give everybody else more credit than we give Jesus. We give man credit. We give influence credit. Young people, hear me. Follow Jesus. Stop following all that TikTok, her talk, that talk. <laughs> follow Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you'll save young people, all of you sitting right here in front of me, you'll save yourself a lot of headaches from sin. Sin is deadly. I wish I never started. I wish I would have listened to my mother. I wouldn't have never had to go through some of the things I had to go through. But if you want to go out there and play with it, the devil will destroy you. It is no joke, young people. I've lived a famous rich powerful life they can't tell me listen man will lose his family over fame man will lose his family over fame but the devil forgot to tell you at the end of your fame and everything else by the way you coming with me See, he don't tell us that part. He deceives us to make us believe that we got it going on. John 3.30 talks about he must increase, but I must decrease. That means I got to die so he can increase. So I'm telling you, young people, Christ loves you. Save yourself a lot of headaches. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't try to scare nobody with it, but I try to tell you, you will pay a price for your sin. We need to get back to this nation and telling people the true meaning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it has fallen away and it has fallen into anything. It has fallen to anything that's on this. People don't even read their Bible, but they'll read this junk. devil got so many people glued to this, they don't even know what this is talking about. It's about faith. It's about walking in faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, what I love about God, he works behind the scene. He, he, doesn't, he can work out in front. He, he can do whatever he wants to do. Listen, God doesn't need me. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need money. He needs a person heart. He goes on to say, David is the man after my own heart. David put his best man on the front line, Uriah, to be killed so he can have his wife Bathsheba. God goes on to say, he's the man after my own heart. So what am I trying to say this morning? I'm trying to tell you, when things happen, who are you trusting? This Bible, this Bible is fire. This book is no joke. Everything else, 
foolishness. Been there, done it. Home run champ, World Series, Rookie of the Year. I was on the cover of Seven Sports Illustrators. You think Jesus is concerned about me being on the cover of Seven Sports Illustrators? <laughs> Jesus' more concern is all well in your soul than what you achieve from an earthly standpoint. Because at the end of your life, it will never mean anything. It will just mean they'll, listen, I love this because when famous people die and they've had a lot of success, they talk about you for a week and then they don't talk about you no more. They've done talking about you. That's it. A tragedy could happen, anything could happen. I mean, I travel all the time, I'm an evangelist, I travel 270 times a year preaching the gospel. Plane can go down, I'm dead, it's over. They'll talk about me for a few days, then it's over. Remember Kobe Bryant, they talked about him for a week or so, and then over. Just the way it is. So it's important that we understand and know the way. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, what I love about scriptures, I learned scriptures because God made me study Billy Graham when I was going into ministry, and he says, I want you to be evangelist like Billy Graham, and I want you to go win the loss. And Billy Graham, taught, he taught, taught me through his books that Christians don't know scriptures. That's why the enemy be tearing you up. That's what he used to do to me. He used to tear me up. He can't tear me up today. Because no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I bind every assignment, rebuke to devour. See, I got power over the enemy. I got authority because of Christ. And now I'm going to go down to the book of John. The book of John is about believing. Miracles of Jesus, turning water into wine, feeding the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead, pulling Daryl Strawberry out of the pit, putting him in the pulpit. He's still doing the miracle. John 3, he told Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee teacher, unless one is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, everybody would be like, oh, rest in peace. I'll see you in heaven. Stop fooling yourself with that. You better read this book. He told Nicodemus in John 3, unless one is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about born of his spirit. We've all been born of the natural, but he's talking about the second birth which is greater, the spiritual birth. Then there's no secrets with God. I remember when God called me to preach. He was like, you need to know, by the way, I saw everything you were doing. I was like, everything? <laughs> he was like, everything. And he told that woman at the well about this living water. If you drink this living water here, he was trying to tell her you'll never thirst again if you drink this living water. She thought he was talking about that water in the well. And he told her about her five husbands. He said, your five husbands, the one you with now, not your husband. So he sees it all. He knows it all. But he told her, you will always be thirsty drinking that water. But if you drink this living water here, you'll never thirst again. Ever since I've been drinking this living water in this Bible for the last 16 years, I have never, ever been thirsty again. I have never been thirsty again. I have never missed a meal. I have never missed anything. God has multiplied me and increased me, and he's gave me wisdom and knowledge far greater than anything I ever achieved from an earthly standpoint. Because it's living water. 
John 8, don't be like the scribes and the Pharisees pointing at somebody else's sin. Because when you point at somebody else's sin like this, guess what? Three fingers pointing right back at you. They wanted to stone the woman because she was caught in adultery. They wanted to stone her because of the law of Moses. Jesus didn't come here to destroy the law. Jesus came here to fulfill the law. And he said, he raised up from the sand. He said, he who without sin cast the first stone. From the oldest to the youngest had to drop their stones because they all had fallen short. John 5 is a really good one. Pool of Bethesda. Angels used to stir up the pool. The first one to get into the pool that morning was made well like that. This one man sat there in a condition for 38 years. You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus never asked that man about his condition because you know why? Every last one of you in here, Jesus already know the condition of you. You know what he asked that man? Do you want to be well? And you online, do you want to be well? He said, sir, every time I try to get in the pool, he, he's, no, he's like, no excuses. Do you want to be well? The man said, yes. He says, pick up your bed and walk. Made him well just like that. What am I saying? Jesus is incredible. We don't give him the credit like we give all these people that we see on television. And at the last day of your life, who's there for you? It won't be the people. It will be Jesus welcoming you home. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. Father, we thank you for the lives that are here today. Father, we rebuke the devourer over all our people that's here and online, the enemy always trying to deceive us. But Father, we put our trust in you and we glorify you. We give you such honor and praise because you're such a good God. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love. We send this petition up to you, Father, and we ask that you seal it over everyone that's here and that's online. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys, Westside. Let's give it up to uh, Daryl Strawberry. What a transformation, right? I mean, it's amazing. Um, we, we have several of the Sports Illustrated um, magazines uh, back in our little green room, and I'm looking at this guy that I grew up watching, and then all of the trouble and challenges he went through and the cancer and all of that, and I'm looking at the guy today, and it's just hard to believe the volume of transformation. And uh, as we look at Unshakable, th that's the vision is that God, what God did in the life of Daryl Strawberry, he can do in your life. And what God did in your life, he can do in the life of many other people. And that's what we're trusting God for. Daryl signed a couple of baseballs. I'm gonna throw them out. Does anybody want a baseball? Anybody want a baseball? We're gonna one for the students here. All right, anybody over here? Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. So the vision is, uh, 
it, it is talked about in so many places in Scripture, and this is one I haven't talked to you about because it's just over and over again the call of God in our life. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to put up verses 3 and 4. It says, um, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. So this is a, a transaction. The God of compassion and comfort has chosen to meet us in our point of pain and to comfort us. Do I have a witness that God has done that in your life? Yeah, anybody, anybody have experienced that in your life? But the end is not that you would experience it. The word is so that. You have received this so that you can take the people that God has placed in your life who find themselves in a point of pain and you can just offer up to them the same comfort from God that you have received. And the vision that God has given us as a church is he wants to take that simple transaction of one person transferring the comfort of God they received to another person. We simply want to just turn that flywheel over a million times over. And at the end of the day, we believe Jesus will win. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, one of the ways in which we uh, uh, plan to do that is to take the, the, the mass amount of people that make up Westside Family Church here at Lenexa Speedway, our Leavenworth campus, as well as those who are online, and we want to we wanna, uh, rally you into smaller little armies to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so we are launching in January what we're calling Area Communities. An area community is a collection of Westsiders who live in a geographical area uh, around an elementary school, and you're going to come together to be Jesus to one another and to be Jesus to the people and the houses in between. And so in, on January the 8th, we're starting our first area community, and we're going to continue to launch them throughout the year. The first one is for those of you who live in the Prairie Ridge area community. Uh, it's just people who live around the Prairie Ridge Elementary School area. If you have a child or if you, if you don't, but your kids would go there, your grandkids, this is the community we're first forming. And at 9.30 on January the 8th, we're going to invite you to the South Sanctuary to meet up with all of those who make up the Prairie Ridge area community who are Westsiders. You will be introduced to your area shepherd couple, a new member of our team that will be growing, and uh, you'll be there uh, given the opportunity to experience four worship services in our January series together. Then after that, you can come back over. We want you to learn uh, who these people are. We want you to learn what this is all about. We want to commission you to be Jesus to each other, a deep sense of community, and then be Jesus in the geographical area of Prairie Ridge. And we're super excited about that. We have a QR code. You can, if you live in Prairie Ridge, you can uh, take a picture of that. It'll, I mean, it'll draw you to the website where you can RSVP as well as uh, tell us your search size because we're going to have a special shirt for Prairie Ridge area community folks. You can also go uh, out into the commons area after the service and talk to our team about that. And then over the year, 2023, we're going to launch somewhere between 9 and 11 area communities. So one is coming to your area very soon. Now, the major idea here is to rehearse where we've been. And about a year ago, we in, in, engaged in a uh, 40 days of prayer and fasting. And we invited you to join us in this journey that as a body, we would just simply 
come to God and ask him, what does he want us to do? And if he will tell us, we'll be faithful, we'll be courageous to do that. And over 1,200 people joined in that experience. And after the 40 days was over, the pastors gathered together and uh, we listened to what God was stirring up in your heart. And pretty quickly, this unshakable vision emerged where God said, I don't want you to focus on numerical attendance. I don't want you to do that. I'll take care of that. I want you to focus on loving people better, coming alongside of them at their point of pain and simply doing what Jesus did uh, when he walked this earth. He says, if you guys will get better at that, everybody, then I'll take care of the rest. And so our very first initiative, the primary initiative, is called Unshakable Faith. And what we believe God is saying to us is that um, if everybody who makes up Westside will simply uh, see this as a mission of discipleship, just like Daryl Strawberry said, it was all about his discipleship to come closer to Christ and to live out his calling before Christ. If every one of you will take a step closer to Jesus, it's game over. So we invited 100% participation. That's our number one mission. If everyone will just take one step closer to Christ and giving your life to him, we got this thing. We got it, right? And so uh, we put together some of our favorite moments, uh, moments over this year of uh, the uh, Westsiders joining together in this unshakable faith experience. Take a look at this. So what we are doing is that we are calling the assembly of those who make up Westside Family Church together, whether you come in person or watch online, but you're engaged with us into a 40-day prayer and fasting season. In January, we entered into a 40 days of prayer and fasting with the sole purpose of fixing our focus on God and asking Him the question, what's next? What's next for our church and our individual lives and families? At the end of the 40 days, we simply went to the Lord and asked, okay, God, what do you have for us? And he led us straight to Hebrews chapter 12. Here's what it says. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. We are confident that this is what God has for us in this next season, to grow our faith in God, to lean in and trust Him for everything, to meet people at their point of pain, to love people right where they are. And we believe that God will bring even greater increases than we have ever seen before. People who are currently lost and alone that God is calling to Himself. We are simply calling this unshakable. Westside Family Church was birthed in 1976 with a group of 29 people. And in four years, Westside Family Church will be 50 years old. 
And I really believe that in these next four years, God is going to do exponentially more than we ever imagined or dreamed of. I really do believe that. And I think that 50 years from now, this is still all going on, I want you to imagine with me in your mind's eye that there's a gathering like this. And this time, the people are putting your picture up. Yeah. There's a lot of things I don't understand. There's a lot of things I don't know. But I have learned in my 70 years of life to trust in God. And I'm trusting in God here at Westside Family Church that this journey that we're gonna take through the unshakable is his leading, his idea, and I am all for it. And I am just praising Jesus that he spoke to our pastors and we're headed in the right direction. God's just really been showing up um, in such a big way, but I think the thing that we learned is that we just have to say yes. We have to say yes. About a year ago, I started going to counseling um, for something that had happened to me, a traumatic event. And I have gotten so much help from one of the great counselors here at Westside. I just felt the Holy Spirit really say, look, this is your time. This is your time to give. I know how much he's done for me, and I want to pass that on to other people. You have chosen a very good Sunday to be here. As a matter of fact, it is my personal belief that you will look back on this Sunday years from now and you will say, I was here. Some of you experienced some of those moments, the journey that we've been on, and uh, our primary goal, let me say it again, is unshakable faith. That is, every one of us moving closer in our relationship, in our discipleship to Christ. If that happens, it's all over. The second goal we set was unshakable love, that out of this unshakable faith, we would simply pour out unshakable love. Uh, through the generosity of our lives and the generosity of the resources that God has given us. The generosity of our lives, uh, you can see this in the life of Daryl Strawberry, who has experienced the comfort and the healing of God in his life, and now he has called him to something completely different, and he's making a difference all over the world. And for us, it could be um, uh, being involved in this new area community experience or be involved in getting involved in an A2 community or serving at one of our campuses or one of our ministries that, uh, that we have here in the Kansas City area and beyond all over the world. And then there's the generosity of the resources he's given us, basically just giving back a portion to him. And it was super exciting to be here uh, two weeks ago for our Commitment Sunday uh, to watch so many of you come and uh, to participate in that experience, and I could just just feel uh, this sort of love and faith oozing out of your lives, and it was just, it'll go down as one of the most amazing experiences, because I stood up on the stage, I didn't want to miss a single facial expression, uh, what God is stirring within you. Uh, so um, we're going to share with you uh, where we're currently at in our commitment. Are you ready to hear about that? Yeah? Yeah? Well, that I need to hear a little bit more <laughs> encouragement than that, because, you know... <laughs> You know, woo, there you go. But before I share that number, I want to share a couple of other things, numbers that I think are really, really uh, significant and important. Uh, first has to do with uh, people who are giving for the first time. 
people who are giving for the first time. First time to Westside, and many of them, the first time in their life, they're stepping out and becoming generous with the resources God has given them. And uh, we've been able to calculate that number of adults and children. Look at this, 459 new people are gonna be giving to Westside, or maybe giving for the first time to the kingdom of God. And I am super excited about that. And I'm, I'm excited because, and you guys can give witness to this, when you took the step, and you're like, there's no way I can give, man, I need every thing to make it through the week and then you step out and you start giving and then you begin to experience the blessings of God. I'm not talking about cash rebates here, right? I'm talking about something goes on inside of you that says this is what I was created for, the purpose by which uh, uh, that brings me life and joy. So I can't wait to see these 459 people experience that. The other thing we wanted was uh, everyone to participate and so far uh, in terms of participation, people uh, and children who have made commitments to the unshakable uh, uh, initiative is, listen to this, 2,567 people. Let's give it up for God for them. That's a lot of people who are saying, I'm on uh, board for this experience. Now, something to give you some context. Uh, this year, um, uh, Westside Family Church, through our collective generosity, uh, will take in $7,865,074.74. Okay, so we didn't like round this up or down. This is the actual number. And so if you take that over two years, which is unshakable, is it's 20 chapter, it's 2023 and 2024. So when you made your commitment, it was what you believe God is calling you to give over a two-year period. And so if we were to experience uh, this over a two-year period, nothing were to change, everyone were to stay faithful right where they're at, uh, we would have a total of $15,730,000, you know how that is. Right? So that's a lot of resources that God has given us to steward for his kingdom. And we basically, with this unshakable initiative, have basically said, if we can do that or more, uh, we'll give it to this initiative that God has given to us. And so with that, I'm going to share with you uh, where we're at today. You okay with that? Let's have some kids. Let's invite some of our uh, students and children out. Let's give it up for them. All right, you guys look great, there you go. <laughs> okay, we're going to start uh, over here. We got a dollar sign, and let's start revealing the numbers. Are you ready? We got a two, we got a two, we got a one, we got a two, we got a seven, we got a seven, we got a nine, and I got a one. Yay! Oh, wait, 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 19 million. That doesn't seem right, I don't know. Hey, Daryl, what's up, man? Here online, there we go. I think something's a little wrong, Pastor Randy. Okay, I felt I felt like something. Was I wrong. know a little something about negotiating contract and everything. You know, I yeah. negotiate a big contract. You know, so you know, they, they don't cut me short on my money. I think they cut you short on your money. I think, yeah, yeah, okay. I think we need a little switch here. I think you two need to come this way, and you two need to go this way down here, and I think that looks a little bit more better of a. There you go. That's there you go. good. That's awesome. Hey, let's stand to our feet and give praise to God for what he has done in our midst. This is absolutely amazing, right? God has been good. Let's worship him for what he has done. Come on. <laughs> 